Hey guys, what's up? It's Jay. Another episode of the Park Car Conversation. It is episode number seven. If it is your first time tuning in, I just want to let you know that this is a series where we uncover and unpack things that are uncomfortable. They may be hard to digest, but it's going to force you to think about um, things that are different. And maybe in your moment of complacency, it'll allow you to challenge yourself to have a conversation about what I'm speaking about with someone else. And that's how we're going to grow. So today is going to be something that has been a triggering point for many of us throughout this week. It should have been and is always been a triggering point for many of us um, all the time, every single day. And things are just being really, really highlighted right now. And today's topic is going to be how you can use your privilege and power to help black lives. And when I say to help black lives, at this point, we're talking about how to save them. For people of non-color, what you need to do is, and I've appreciated people have come to me and they're not black and they're like, how can I help? What you need to do is start with you and start with your households. Um, they're uncomfortable conversations to have, but what is that going to do? It might allow someone, maybe an aunt, maybe a mother, maybe, you know, a cousin, maybe it'll, it'll help them to think about the next time that my son is in the park um, going for a jog that they won't call the police on him because he's threatened and because they're threatened and therefore threatening his safety, his livelihood, his success. It doesn't mean that, you know, every single black person has to be killed. It's just the like the bottom line, the discrimination. It's it's the prejudice. It's, you know, you thinking that his color is a threat off rip. That's what puts him in danger, because the moment you put a black man in jail, um, that decreases his chances for finding employment that takes away time from his family when he's no longer at home. So those conversations are going to wake people up. And that's what you know, this is finally again, I've said it before, it's finally finally being you know televised people are finally starting to see it on social media because we have these platforms because we have the technology to capture it but these things go off the grid every single day so I'm going to give you a little bit of you know a reason why I speak about things like this and why I won't stop about it because I was raised by a black man and I'm raising a black son so I want you to understand my word coming from someone that maybe you can't and if you're not black you can't speak from a point of view no matter how much you will try to, you know, sympathize and feel, you can't feel what I'm feeling. You can't feel what they feel because it'll never happen to you in the same way. I'm going to also come to, and especially I think this is something really important for mixed people. And when I say mixed people, mixed black race people. As someone myself, my mom is Jamaican born and raised, but she's Chinese. My dad is Guyanese, like born in, and raised in Guyana, and he's black. So just to give you an idea, I grew up in a household where I was exposed to multiple cultures. I appreciate all of which I am, but I always have known that being a black sheep in a family where not all, you know, not all my cousins were mixed with black or, you know, all my aunts and them, like they don't like your, or my uncles, they didn't, you know, find black partners like my mother did. I always knew that there was a stigma towards my father, who was a black man. It was different. It was uncomfortable. We're coming out of a time where a generation before us, where uh, at some point it wasn't even legal for biracial marriages to be accepted like it wasn't legal for that to happen so I want to say something to the mixed folk 
it's not an excuse anymore that you don't under, like you you didn't know which side that you felt comfortable with. Like a common thing I hear, especially with white, half white, half black kids, is that growing up they were confused because their white family they love them so much, um, and they they maybe sometimes they didn't know their black side. That's not an excuse anymore. You're grown. If you're listening to this podcast, whether it's a video or if you're listening to it via podcast, I would assume that you're of an age to understand right from wrong, and you got to call that out when it's wrong I was literally nine years old in my house being like what did you say about black people you know I'm black right did you forget that I'm black like how can you love all of me but you know even behind my back you like you know it and and I've had this conversation over and over and over I know this is not an obscene concept this is something that happens all the time in mixed households where you know I've even had to you know have conversations with my my mother my own mother just explaining that like listen you're coming from a place of privilege you do not know what it looks like you like I think and that's you know it's a triggering concept for some people that you have kids with someone who's black but you don't want to take on the black problems like it's so disgusting when people say get over it get over what it is still happening I'm sure if it happened to someone that looked like you, people of non-color, if it happened to someone that was like you, then you would feel the same exact rage. So I think this whole dismissive or, you know, pinpointing uh, point of view, that is where your privilege, that's where you have to call out your own privilege. You need to stop there. You can, you don't have, a, you know, the position to say that the rioting is bad and they're handling the wrong way. Do you know the right way for this to, to, to stop? Because every time it's like, oh, you need to do it peacefully. Another black man just lost his life. And unfortunately, and I say this, I say this with like a broken heart and I've cried so much over this. Unfortunately, it, there might be another black man to do like for all to also like, lose his life, whether it's a week from now, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's a year from now. And guess what? Your solution of what the black people are doing that's wrong is not helping. So you're you're coming from a point of privilege. I had this conversation and it was really heartbreaking. I spoke to my best friends. A lot of my best friends, they're beautiful black women. They're dark skin and I love everything about them. And I had to say to her, you know what? I, I was coming from a place of selfishness and I had to call myself out. Like you, we all have responsibility within yourself to root shit out of us. Right. Sorry for the language, but like it, on camera and off camera, I feel like I am strapped to say exactly how I want to say them, th- say things a little bit different just to be um, politically correct, to have my voice be heard or to be like not offensive to people. But I'm a little bit tired of sugarcoating things. So just to keep it like point blank, period. I was ashamed that I was able to say to my best friend that I knew she was looking for jobs at a certain point in the industry. I was working in the service industry and I knew that I was black enough. I was always because I'm mixed. I'm not dark skin. I was always black enough for, you know, the establishments. They need to hit the, you know, the, the racial quota. They need to have representation of everyone. And Jafina was a perfect black girl that you could hire. I wasn't too dark. I wouldn't, you know, offend, you know, you know, people who were sensitive towards being served by a black person. And I remember saying that, you know, girl, like, I wish I could get you a job. But, you know, they, you know how they, they be treating black people like they're not going to hire you. You know what I'm saying? And I stayed. I stayed at establishments like that because I was selfishly thinking about my pockets and my dollars when I should have been like, you know, causing a goddamn riot. 
I'm not going to work for you if you are not going to hire this beautiful dark skinned girl because of it, it's offensive to the owner. I worked at a lot of places where the owners were racist, maybe not the like, you know, exact management, but the owner. And so that was me supporting and being silent, like silencing my own voice in a, in a time like this. And guess what? I, you you got to start with you. You need to call these things out. So when you're in, at your house and you have family members, especially in mixed households who don't agree or, you know, are, are saying, look at them, look at them acting like, you know, idiots rioting. You need to call them out. And because the thing is, we're not asking you to condone what is going on. We're asking you to understand because that is so counterproductive for you to pinpoint anything else. But this man has lost his life. Like anything that I've ever, ever heard when someone is just like, but there's no but. There is no but. The fact that my son growing up, I'm going to have to explain to him because you are of this color. When you, excuse me, when you are out on the road, you need to be careful because they don't care. They don't care about that. So everything, I had this conversation with someone and uh, they were saying, I don't see color. They wanted to take that approach where, you know, they're, they're, like, they're an ultimate humanitarian. Um, I don't see color and all lives matter. And I said, okay. This is an important conversation to have, and I can appreciate this so I can educate you. But essentially, when you tell me all lives matter, when I'm saying black lives matter, why it's offensive is because you're saying you don't care about my son's life. And I looked at this person in their eye and I said, I don't play about my child. This is my child's livelihood I'm talking about. Maybe it's not your child's livelihood because your child does not look like my child. Your father did not look like my father. Your family member, someone that you love, does not look like that. And because you're speaking of a point, of, you're speaking from a point of privilege now. Because when you're saying all lives matter, as a and your thought pattern is just that all lives matter. Because when black, when black people say black lives matter, we're saying your life doesn't matter. That's not what we're saying. But let's just be blatant. Let's just be like, uh, like let's just understand the truth. If you're saying all lives matter, let me ask you something. When my son asked me, mommy, how come they killed that black man because he was black? Like, he wasn't doing anything. What would, your res what, what would your response be to my child? That all lives matter? Because a shirt hell doesn't look like it. It doesn't feel like it. We're not treated like it. So you explain to a child how all lives matter when the reality is that it doesn't. I'm not saying I'm not anti-white. I'm not anti-you. But when, you know, COVID came out and I'm Asian, I'm gonna call out the Asians. And everyone was like, oh, my gosh, we're feeling discriminated against. Or the white man I had the conversation. If you did listen to my last video, he said, you know, all this media imagery is making white men look bad. That you care about that more than someone not coming back. Like discrimination is different than elimination. And they're eliminating. They're eliminating kings out here. They're eliminating black people. It's different than, be, you know, just feeling like, you know, this is going to happen and, and I don't feel good about it. What makes you more angry than a life that you can't take back? Like you, it can't come back. Like, what are you telling a mother like me who has a black son who is going to face a fear that like one day he might not come back when he leaves the house? When I hear black kings talk about it, and I want to shout out Tyrone, uh, my good friend, please check out his last video when you actually see the pain of a black man. And while I was watching it, I, I reposted it and my brother messaged me and he just said, I was a wreck while watching this. And that's where my pain comes from. You, If you can't physically feel the pain where people are coming from, where their child can't go outside and or you're gonna have to explain to your child why these people hate you and you have a butt for that you have no humanity like you have no humanity there's no humanity in you there's no but you can't explain to children who uh, you know 
are, are, are so innocent. Remember, racism is taught. It is literally like if, if I grow up and I don't teach my son that or, or if I teach my son that white folks are evil, they are disgusting. They are below us. They don't deserve the same privileges with us, which is reality, which has happened at a point in time where black folk couldn't use the washrooms. They couldn't use the water fountains. They didn't have the like the voice to, to vote. Remember, this is like, you have 400 years of oppression upon people. And at this point, they're angry. At every point, we've been angry. So for you to speak from a point of privilege to say what won't work, the numbers don't make sense. The military will never work. Well, we don't need that doubt, to be completely honest. And that's speaking from a point of, uh, of, of your privilege. Because if you can you know, properly explain to me how it will work and how I can you know, not have these conversations with my son to protect him before I lose him in that way, before I lose my father in these ways, then with all due respect, um, your privilege is going over your head. So all in all, I just want everybody to realize that black lives do matter to us. Most importantly, to us, they matter. To the mothers of the men who aren't and the women who aren't coming back, your children's life matter. And my heart breaks that you've ever had to experience the pain of your child not coming back. And to everyone who is still here, present day, living, um, whether or not you have kids or not, one day, if you do, you'll have to have these conversations. So for the people who are not black and for the people who, you know, who get it. And, and, I, and please, please, please just know that all voices um, are respected and we need all hands on deck. So we need, you know, white folk, Asian folk, um, everyone. We need all of you to, you know, be speaking about this in your own community so that people that look like you see you as an example. That's how we lead by leadership. That's how we start. We need leaders in your community to call out these evil folks that have so much hate in them. Call them out because you're not playing. Like, I don't stand by that. I will stand. That's how we need. We need you to stand by us. Simple. And then maybe, just maybe, you start there, then we'll start to see the progress. You don't let the privilege go over your head. You don't, you know, just suppose your solutions on something that you will never possibly feel. That's not your fault if you're born into a family that's not black. But what I'm saying is that don't let your complacency and you being, you know, disconnected or because you can't fathom what it feels like be a, a reason for you to be silent. And I've seen a lot of it. I've been taking note of it. Um, a lot of my, you know, people that I've even follow on Instagram who, who you know, who do have a voice because you you post stories and, you know, selfies at a time like this. Like for me, all it feels like is just like, you're really posting this right now and like you don't even know the pain that I'm feeling and not that not that a lot of people don't care but you don't even like it's just a complete disregard for you know the the life of my child that I'm fighting for so um all in all it has been a hard week I know it's been a lot for a lot of people so if you feel like you've had to disconnect disconnect but it's never going to be enough it's a lot but not enough we got to keep it going keep being you know pro what you you believe in and, and keep fighting for the lives of black people it's important we're important to the black kings queens i see you no colorism they see us all as black for the mixed folk that you are black and you're you know still playing that i'm confused card and i don't i, I want to be sensitive towards my white family we're not here for that anymore it's 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 
we're not here for that. You're just as much a sellout as anyone, if if that's still your answer. And just keep it real. Keep it real. Keep it going because that's what we need. Peace, y'all.